Welcome to So You Want to Be a Copywriter, brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, the world's leading centre for writing courses. Your host is Bernadette Schwert, who you'll find at copyschool.com, and you can find out more about all our copywriting courses at copywritingcourses.com.au. Now, over to Bernadette. Have you ever wanted to be an influencer? Would you like to engage an influencer to help you find new clients? Do you even know what an influencer is? In this podcast, I talk with the doyen of influencers, Danielle Lewis. Danny is the founder of Scrunch, one of Australia's leading platforms for influencers and the brands who want to hire an influencer. Listen in and you'll discover the inside secrets on how to become a copywriting influencer, how to get paid to create content that big brands want, and how you can leverage other influencers to help you build your own business. Hello, I'm Bernadette Schwert, and this is a podcast for those looking to reinvent their lives as a copywriter and want some practical tips and inspiration on how to do it. I'm the founder of Copy School and the head copywriting tutor at the Australian Writers' Centre. If you'd like to build a side hustle, work from wherever you want, Check out our courses and discover how copywriting can help you find the independence and freedom you seek. Here's a review from Shay, who recently completed our Copywriting Essentials course. I've been working as a teacher in a private girls' school and I was just tired of the rat race. I didn't realise how transferable my skills were until I did the copywriting course. I resigned from my job, found my first client within days, It was the school that I used to work at. And now I specialise in writing copy for the education sector. I can't believe how quickly it's all happened. Thank you, Bernadette, for helping me see the opportunity that was right in front of me. Maybe becoming a copywriting influencer is an opportunity that's just waiting for you, hiding in plain sight. You can learn more about our courses at writercentre.com.au forward slash essentials and copyschool.com. And if you like our podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let's get started. Danielle Lewis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm more excited, I think, Danielle, because I think you are an absolute powerhouse. And I think what you've achieved in your business is absolutely extraordinary. And there's anything I can do to let the world know what you do, I will. And that's why you're on the podcast, because I think everyone needs to know what you do and so let's hear it from you what do you do you're the best person to actually summarize it oh thank you so much um the feelings mutual i um and you know if you let me i will talk all day every day about what we do here at scrunch so scrunch is what we call the destination for the creator economy so that sounds a little bit vague But basically what it means is if you plan on being an influencer or creator, um, you should be part of our membership because we will educate you on everything that you need to know to go from zero to creating a business that supports you 
Or if you're on the other side, if you're a brand or an agency and you want to engage with influencers or creators, we give you all the tools. So the software platform, the education, uh, everything you might need to make sure that you know how to engage with influencers and creators successfully. So that's why we call it the destination for the creator economy, because really we seek to educate everyone and provide the tools that everyone needs to be successful in this new world we find ourselves in. Brilliant. And let's start with the basics, Danielle. Let's talk, what is an influencer? It's a good question. And it's an even more interesting question now that we're using two words. So we're saying influencer and we're saying creator. So, you know, there's also this question comes up of what the heck is the difference between the two? So an influencer historically has just been somebody that can drive action amongst their community. And so that's, you know, we say influencer and we think about the girl with thousands of followers who's holding up the product. We kind of have that vision of what an influencer is, but really it can be anyone, you know, it might be your customers or it might be your friends and family, or it might be, you know, experts within an industry. So an influencer is really someone that has some level of social media following that does drive action amongst their community when they talk about something. Um, And, you know, over time we've shifted the word to creator. And I think now more commonly we associate the word um, creator with some that pushes out a lot of expert content. So, yeah, so it's an interesting world in which we now find ourselves. Absolutely. And what I think is interesting is you don't need to have a lot of followers in order to be an influencer. I think we think, you know, Kardashians or, you know, Alicia Keys or whoever it is, they've got Mm. millions. But what you're saying is you don't need millions. Can you talk to us about what is what is not much, like what is appropriate for someone to say, I'm actually an influencer? What kind of Mm. numbers do we need to be looking at? Yeah, I love this question because you're spot on. You know, yes, we kind of think, oh, well, I can't be successful unless I have a million followers. (laughs) But there's this beautiful philosophy called a thousand true fans, which some you or some of your um, listeners might have heard of. And I'll never remember the guy's name, Kevin, someone who invented this philosophy. But the idea is that to make a living as a creative person, we really only need a thousand people to buy into what we're selling pay us a hundred bucks and we're making a six-figure income every year. So, of course, if you have a thousand followers, not everyone is going to buy from you, but that just shows you that really if you have those thousand true fans, whether they're followers or on your email list or on your website, if they really believe in what you do, you have an opportunity to make a full-time income from your passion. That sounds amazing. Maybe could you talk us through an example of someone that's been on your platform that has, you know, a thousand people? What have they done? What do they sell? What do they post and who pays them? Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting because how influencers or creators make money has also started to evolve as well. Historically, we think of influencers and we think, well, they post content about their life and then brands give them products and they create a picture or a video, post it, and they get paid for that. Um, And that certainly still happens. In fact, it's only just getting started in our opinion. But also these influencers and creators have the opportunity now to create their 
own products and services. So we have um, influencers or creators on our platform all the way from that traditional lifestyle view, but also I think about copywriters, right? So people that actually have services that they might offer to an audience. You know, if they build a a following and an expertise around the fact that they're a copywriter, they have the opportunity to actually promote their services out to their audience. So, yeah, so what they can kind of actually sell now um, has completely changed. So just take a copywriter, for example, maybe just let's take that example to the next stage. Mm. Let's say you have got a thousand followers and you are a, let's say a web copywriter. What kind of business model would you be recommending for that person? How could they actually monetize those thousand followers? Yeah. So what they might do is they might have their own website and it may have a number of different services. So they might offer an audit of someone's website. They might actually offer copywriting from scratch. So doing a brand workshop with somebody and then writing all of the copy on their website. Or, you know, they might even do that as a package and then follow up. So anytime there's sort of social media content or EDM content or new products and services that their customer might offer, they might give supplements supplementary um, services as well. So the idea is let's just say this copywriter has an Instagram presence. What they might write about is what makes good website copy and what makes copy convert for customers. So then their thousand followers that are following them are looking at this person going, oh, they really know their stuff. They are the experts in website copy. So the idea is they go, oh, I might download that freebie that they talked about, that little checklist for what makes copy great on websites. And then that potential customer might look at that and go, they really know what they're talking about, but I can't be bothered doing it myself or I don't have the expertise. So then they go on to engage that um, copywriter's services. Okay. So that is, from what I can see, like a traditional kind of promotional strategy that you go on and you promote something, they download it, they like it, they buy you. Is that... How does that differ from being an influencer where someone actually pays you? I guess I'm just trying to get my head around this concept that people are paying you to actually just promote. Yeah, and I think that's where the lines are blurring, right? So influencers are turning into business owners and business owners are turning into influencers. So the traditional influencer model is where a brand comes along and says, hey, I know you always talk about, um, you know, your kids, uh, your family life. So I'm going to send you um, this product that's going to enhance that. And we'd love you to create some content and post about our, our product. So in that instance, an influencer gets paid on the number of followers they have usually. So the more followers they have, which is the more advertising reach, then the more they will get paid. In some instances, when influencers are just great content creators, the brand might actually pay them for the content, so number of photos, because the brand can then take those photos or videos and actually use that on their own platform. Okay. Okay. So where do you think as a copywriter, Mm -hmm. let's say someone's listening and maybe they've been doing it a year or two, what should they be focusing on if they'd like to make money from this economy? Which way should they jump, do you think? 
Look, I think it's interesting. I think if I had the copywriting hat on, I would probably thinking be thinking about leveraging all of these digital channels to build my authority as a copywriter and sell my own products or services. When you do that, you actually have greater control. You're not always out there trying to chase sponsored posts from brands or worry about building up to thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of followers. You are you do get more focused on the value you provide to your ideal customer and optimizing that sales funnel. So like you said, it is that traditional um, create authority in your industry using your content, maybe give them a free download to get their email address and then try and convert them into a paying customer. If I was a copywriter, what I would be doing is really leveraging all of these social channels and building a following um, as a copywriter, but using it to actually sell my own products and services. Awesome. So what kind of content would a copywriter, let's call her Paula. I don't know why he always use Paula as my example. Whoever's Paula's out there. She's the best. (laughs) Normally I'm using like 90s, 50s names like (laughs) Betty and Edith. You know, I don't know why I do that, but we won't do that. I love it. We'll do Paula. So Paula's a copywriter. She's a web writer. She loves blogs, et cetera. Um, Mm. What kind of content should she be creating and what kind of platforms should she be promoting it on? Because I think they're thinking, do I do Instagram, do I do Facebook? You know, what do I do? Can you maybe give us a best sort of practice approach? Yeah, absolutely. So as Paula, the copywriter, what I would be doing is trying to think about the type of customers that I wanted to attract. So let's just say Paula wants to attract um, busy business owners because she knows that they need copywriting services. They can't, they're too time poor. They can't do it themselves. So essentially what she would be doing is trying to think about what these busy business owners would be searching for. So they'd be probably searching for how to create a great website, um, how to write copy that converts, what's the best, you know, stuff to have on my website to attract my ideal clients. So Paula would be creating content um, and I would suggest content in a number of different ways. So there's social, which is typically short form content, or there's say blogs and YouTube, which is longer form content. I would be cherry picking a couple of platforms as Paula and creating answers to the questions that my customers might have. So what we like to do, um, you know, I do this personally for all of the businesses that I run is I sit down and I think about what are all of the questions that a potential customer might need answering. And then I go out and create content around that. So blog articles, videos, you know, short, snappy, um, you know, bite-sized actionable content for a platform like Instagram. So I would suggest that Paula would sit down and really try and put herself in her ideal customer's shoes and find out and ask herself, what would my what would my ideal customer be trying to get answered and create content that answers those questions? Great. I mean, that's exactly what I talk about in my courses, that yeah, the yes. best way to start with copy is to identify your target audience. So it's exactly matching what you're saying. Find your target audience, get really clear about that avatar, and then work mm. out what it is you're selling first off, and then work out what questions they have about that, and then answer that. So it's really nice that you're matching that. And- well, it's interesting as well, because it's, it's sort of funny when influencer marketing started, and this idea of influencers and creators and social media came out, it's like everyone forgot about traditional marketing. But when you think about it, you're spot on. It's in every different form of marketing or sales. It always comes back to who is my ideal customer? What am I trying to sell them? And what have I got to do to bridge the gap from where they are to where I want to get them? I think that's great. I think it's all about keeping it simple because mm. 
marketing can get complicated quite quickly, but if you keep boiling it down to its essence, it is it is fundamentally straightforward, as you've just mentioned. So let's maybe go a bit granular. What duration of content should we be looking at and what quality? Yeah, how quality does it need to be? That's a very bad phrase. What is no, how, no. How, how much quality does it need to be? Yeah, totally. <laughs> does it make sense? You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about duration mean, first up. Yeah, and well, it's, so it's an interesting question because I actually don't think that there is one right answer. So with marketing and content, I believe that you should test everything to find out what actually works for you and your customers. So what I would be suggesting is invest time in um, blog, long-form blog content, long-form videos, and short-form content, so on, on a channel like Instagram. And I would be testing what is actually driving website traffic to my website website and what um, did my customers consume when they ended up buying from me? So, just simply asking them, so how did you find out about us? And they'll say, oh, I read this article that you wrote or, oh, I just follow you on Instagram. Like you'll get to actually hear whether they like the longer form or shorter form content. Um, a little hack if anyone's listening and they're thinking, oh my God, that sounds like writing a lot of content. But what I love doing is repurposing content. So, it's really easy to write a, something big first so maybe a blog article or recording a video and then actually chopping that up into smaller things. So you might actually, you know, if you create a long video, um, pull out little quotes that you can post across Instagram or Reels or YouTube Shorts. Or if you have a blog article, how can you take that and actually repurpose that and pull out the big um, the big quotes and have that as an Instagram quote tile or something like that? So rather than have to think of a hundred different ideas, you kind of think of one big idea write the long form piece and then chunk it down for a bunch of different platforms so you can test what's working for you. Love it. I think as entrepreneurs, often we are attracted to the bright, shiny, you know, you've got to be new and it doesn't. Yes. It can be existing content. We just think it's oh, boring. You absolutely. know, we, we get bored with our own content, yet people have never seen half of it. So Let's true. do a bit of a deep dive into what long form means to you, Danielle. Mm. Like what is long form on, say, a YouTube and a blog? Yeah, great question. So on a YouTube channel, I think that anything over about 15 minutes becomes long form because you think about your user or your end customer, what they, when they actually have time to sit down and consume the piece of content. So if somebody is sitting down and actually watching a video that's 15 minutes or longer, then they're really invested in learning. You know, it's not just a, I want to be inspired or I want one little tip or one little insight. It's actually I'm learning how to do something. So that's sort of your YouTube benchmark. Um, blogs, sort of when you're getting into the thousand word territory, you know, 500 words is, you know, it's a few paragraphs really. And yes, it's probably giving you some kind of good actionable insight. But when you're getting a bit longer into that thousand word territory, um, then it's really, really informative. It's probably a list. There's probably a few different steps. You're probably learning something a little bit deeper. Awesome. Let's talk about your platform and, and how you help people, because I think people might be thinking, I'd love to do this. I'd love to be a bit better at maybe creating my own content and being one of those influencers as well as a content creator. And that's a good distinction to make, you know, I think. Mm. But let's just talk about the, the influencer, because I think that's an interesting area that people are a bit excited by, because the sense mm. that they could make money, you know, from a, a brand. So talk to me about how someone listening could make money from, you know, both, both your services, like what you su supply and even just on their own. 
Yeah, absolutely. So look, if you wanted to be an influencer, um, essentially you're, and you didn't have your own services, you just kind of wanted to build following and become on brands radar, then essentially it's all about creating content around a niche, a particular niche, and then connecting with the brands that you want to actually work with. Now, uh, if you were doing that without any platform, so we'll start there, then what I would be suggesting is um, actually posting about brands you already love. So, creating content that's going to showcase to future brands what your content looks like, whether it's photo or video, and then tagging those brands in it. So, you start to become on the radar of people that you potentially want to work with. When you've sort of graduated and you've got that maybe first thousand followers, then absolutely start reaching out to brands um, and talking to them about what you can actually do for them, whether it's creating a bank of content um, or whether it is posting on your profile. One of the things I would suggest if you're DIYing um, is to have a media kit. So, a media kit is basically a couple of pages that tells a brand a little bit about you um, plus your following. So, if you've got a couple of social accounts, what kind of following you have on those social accounts and then what services you can provide them in terms of content creation and how much you charge them to do that. Now, if you're on a platform like Scrunch, now our, our platform is primarily for brands and agencies to find influencers. So, there's not much you do on our platform as an influencer. That's essentially just for the brands to shortcut finding you. Um, really, if you're an influencer or a content creator and you wanted to get involved in Scrunch, that would be through our membership. So, our membership is basically um, a, a monthly uh, subscription and you get educational content, you get resources, you get templates. So, you know, when I talk about having a media kit template, that's all in there. So, you as an influencer or content creator, you're never reinventing the wheel. You know how much you should be charging. You know how much other influencers are charging. Um, you know, you've got cheat sheets for outreach templates and you do reach out to brands. So it's really that, you know, I want to build a business of influence. Scrunch is that membership that gives you all of those resources to help you shortcut your su success. Brilliant. Really nice. So let's just talk about that reaching out because let's say someone did it DIY just so that they understand what it is and then they do it and they maybe go, oh, I need help, right? Mm -hmm. So let's think about a copywriter and mm -hmm. can we brainstorm who could be like a good brand partner? Would it be I don't know, GoDaddy comes to mind, you know, yeah. like, or it could be SiteGround, you know, a hosting company, or it could be, who else do you think could be a good partner as a, as a you know, collaborator for a copywriter? Yeah. So what I like to do is think about all of the tools that a copywriter might use. Um, so they're essentially a small business owner. So exactly like you said, GoDaddy might be Squarespace or one of the website builders, um, perhaps like an Adobe or one of the tools they might use, maybe even like business services like um, Calendly or something like that. So I try and brainstorm all of those different products and services I'd use as a copywriting business owner. And essentially I would list them all down. Down, and then I would go stalking. <laughs> so essentially going to a platform like LinkedIn and trying to find the people who might be in charge of working with influencers or creators. Um, that is the best hack for anybody listening in who wants to actually start reaching out to brands. 
you can basically find anyone on LinkedIn who works for a bigger organization. So let's take Squarespace as the example. Say, okay, I'm a copywriter and I want Squarespace to pay me to talk about how fantastic Squarespace is as a website builder. Um, So what I would do is I'd jump into LinkedIn and I'd look up Squarespace and you can see all of their employees. So then I'd start to look for people who are in the marketing function um, in my local area. So in the region that I, I operate and they're the type of people that I would be connecting with and trying to find their email and reaching out to. Good. And what would be the pitch? Just what would you say? Yeah. So it depends on what you want to do. If you just basically want to create content on their behalf, Firstly, what I would do is really understand who the brand is trying to reach. So let's continue on with the Squarespace example. So Squarespace wants to sell to business owners. They want new business owners to create their business website on Squarespace. So what I would say is say, hey, I'm a copywriter and the majority of my audience is business owners. And I know you're trying to target them. So I thought I'd reach out to see if there's a collaboration opportunity. So firstly, kind of hooking them in with, we we both have the same ideal audience. And then the, you know, this is the type of create uh, content that I could create for you. I've attached to my media kit, but really I'd just love to open up a conversation. So you really want to make it short and sharp. You don't want to, you don't, there's two things you want to avoid. You want to avoid it being really, really lengthy because you think about yourself, right? Who has time to read long emails these days? But you also don't want it to be, hey, want to collab? which I've seen people do before. Please don't do that. Um, But, you know, few sentences, you know, these, we have the same audience. This is what I can do and opening up a conversation, attach the media kit. If you can find anything out personal about them. So say you've stalked them onto their Instagram account and it's a public profile. Maybe you do. Oh my God, I've just seen you've gone off on this holiday. Looks so amazing. You know, I can't wait to visit that place one day as well. So if you can personalize it, fantastic. But otherwise just sticking to, you know, we've both got the same objectives, would love to work with you, and here's all my information. Can we chat? Awesome. Really clear. So mm-hmm. in terms of the person that you might want to be in front of, can you what kind of keywords would that person be looking for? Is that marketing manager, brand manager, partnerships coordinator? Who is that actual person? Yeah, and it's really interesting. Influencer marketing um, is one of those funny categories that gets managed in different areas inside different organizations. Usually it's the marketing team. However, sometimes it's social media or PR. So what I would be doing is I'd be reaching out to one or more people in the, with those job roles and saying on that email, if you're not the right person, feel free to nudge me in the right direction because they might actually say, oh, you need to speak with Olivia from our PR team or something like that. So um, taking a best guess across PR, social or marketing is your best bet, but being open to be pointed in another direction. Awesome. And let's even just go down a bit further. Let's say it goes well. What kind of content would you feasibly be able to create for Squarespace? What Just paint the picture as to what we might create for them. Yeah. So Squarespace is one of those businesses that are huge. So they really value content um, from a whole different array. So uh, which works really well for influencers because whatever your specialty is, you know, you can be sure that they'll want it. So it might be actually you're a fantastic 
copywriter, funnily enough. So, you know, writing a blog article talking about why you love Squarespace and giving tips and linking back to Squarespace would be very valuable for them. Or it might even be a a reel. So you do a video showing how you use Squarespace uh, for your clients. Or it might just be that really short form Instagram post, um, you know, with a picture of you on the laptop with the Squarespace, um, you know, saying, oh, I'm editing my own website. I choose to use Squarespace because of X, Y, Z. So really, you think about what value you can provide them and what you're great at. Lovely. So with the blog, let's say, you put it on your own website. That's right. And what's your little biog box say? Like, what's the, the the requirement in terms of the promo? What what does that look like? Yeah. So the biggest thing Squarespace will want um, is particular keywords and a link back to their website. So when you get the deal with Squarespace, they'll usually say something like, look, we try and say we are XYZ as a part of our brand. Can you please make sure a couple of those words are peppered throughout the article? Um, This is the link. So it might actually be a unique link that they give you. um, So that way they can see how well your blog article performs for them. Um, There may be a discount code that they give you. They often do that to track success as well. Um, But one of the biggest things to remember is if it is a paid engagement, you will need to disclose that on anything, whether it's a blog article or a video or an Instagram post, there will need to be either at the top or the bottom, a little, this was a, um, you know, sponsored post by Squarespace. Good. And do they need to approve the content? What's the procedure there for approvals before it goes up? So usually um, each brand handles that differently, but it's just best to ask. So someone like Squarespace, I'd hazard a guess and say they'd want to approve it. Um, We know brands that don't care. They just say, you know, we want you to be authentically you. So here's the product and do what you will. But but making sure that they'll give you a few guide rails, like tag our brand, um, you know, make sure you disclose that it's sponsored. And then they say, but other than that, you just go for it and post it when you're ready. Um, but the vast majority of brands will actually ask you to have it approved first. You know, lots of different brands have um, requirements like, you know, you can't have alcohol in the photo or content or you can't swear or you can't do this, you can't do that. So they just want to double check that you're ticking all of those boxes. Yeah. And in terms of payment, what kind, I mean, you've got a beautiful um, sort of spreadsheet on your website that matrices you know it's a matrix for all the payments which is brilliant Mm. right but maybe just for the listeners if I was to do a blog let's say a thousand words for um Squarespace is it based on my followers is that how it's costed yeah, and absolutely anyone is, um, that's a free resource. So please go and download it and use it. Um, it is. So with traditional influencer work, it's usually based on how many followers you have. So as a blogger, it's how much website traffic you have. And as a social media influencer or personality, it's how many followers you have on that platform. Now, there are arguments <laughs> to say that engagement matters and can dictate the cost. Um, Um, At some point, some people have talent managers as well who put a fee on top. So there are variations, but usually it always comes back to how much website traffic you have or how many followers you have. Great. So I think I looked on that matrix and it said something like if you have under or around about 10,000 followers and you're doing a Facebook post, it was around about 250 or something like that. 
Yeah. 250 dollars or 500 trying to visualize like. it yeah, yeah that's no, right. it's about, in the, in the about right. yeah. yeah 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 so what kind of package would you do a package with squarespace would you say look i'm going to do five blogs and you know six of these and eight of those or is it a one-off how does it work in terms of the actual deal yeah, so usually the first one can be pretty once-off uh, while they're kind of testing you, making sure you do produce high-quality work and to see if it resonates with their audience. Once you've locked in that first one, though, if they're happy with you, I would absolutely be negotiating a package. So whether that be multiple posts um, or an extended period of time. So, you know, you might even get lucky and do something, can you do a post a month for the next 12 months? So I would absolutely be... Um, um, talking to them about a longer time frame and a bigger package. Awesome. Uh, so I think that's a really nice little case study you've created there, Danielle, just about where to go, you know, in terms mm. of um, becoming paid as a as a creator. So let's just finish off with maybe a, a little case study around as a copywriter. We sort of touched on it, but I just want to just do another deep dive. How can I find clients Mm. using, you know, these platforms? I know it sounds like a really obvious question, but maybe just talk us through the strategy of, you know, what what can we do to be really efficient on finding new clients? Let's say you've just started, you don't have a database, you don't have followers, um, you maybe don't even have a portfolio, you know, but what could someone do starting off like that to use these kinds of tools to find a client? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, number one, as we said, is the brainstorm piece. So sitting down and thinking about how you can be relevant. So what brands would be relevant for you to work with and just brain dumping as many of those as you can. Um, and then I would be going out and finding contact details for those people. I would be getting my outreach email together and I'd be sending that off. And then what I'd be doing is taking that information and then going out to as many different influencer platforms that, you know, Scrunch isn't the only one, uh, as many different platforms as I could. And I'd be looking for those types of brands and seeing if they are on the platform and you might be able to pitch on campaigns. Um, and then I'd be thinking about, you know, what type of products and services I can offer as more of a business proposal rather than just the sponsored post. So kind of three layers there. Firstly, you know, simply cold outreaching to brands I want to work with, um, then jumping into all of the platforms to find similar brands to see if they've got existing campaigns sitting out there that I might be able to pitch on, um, and then thinking about the products and services that I can offer um, and really creating my own business suite of um, service offerings. Okay, so a bit chicken in the egg, isn't it? Like if you haven't got any yes. followers, it's kind of tough to get started. I mean, why would someone work with you if you didn't have any followers? I mean, so if if you it's a really good question. So if you're providing a service, um, then you can do that with no followers. That's the challenge with being an influencer is when it's purely influencer work, it's either based on how many followers you have or the content that you produce. So whereas if you happen to be someone like a copywriter, you've actually got a skill as well. So you can provide a service. Maybe it's writing a blog article for them. Um, so you've got a service that you can actually provide that doesn't actually rely on your followers. You can provide that on day one. And, you know, if you don't have a portfolio, you might have to give them an example post um, as a bit of an example of work um, as you are building your followers and becoming more popular and then people will start coming to you. Got it. It's about starting, isn't it? It's acknowledging that you Absolutely. maybe don't have anything. You, you really, but, you know, you just get one, one gets two, two gets four and so on. I've always said that about, you know, your database as well, that oh, you start totally. with nothing, but that's not a bad thing. It's just an acknowledgement of where you're at. 
and you have exactly haven't and all on of it. the people who are hugely successful all started with zero as well yeah um let's just talk about the quality we we did touch on that that i know people are probably thinking oh look i don't know how to use a video camera i don't know how to edit um i don't use canva or whatever just can you talk us through what kind of skills we need to have in order to make good content and how quality it needs to be yeah and i i love this question because um some social media platforms went through a stage of everything being highly manicured. So it was really professional photography. The feed looked beautiful, but we actually experienced a big change through the pandemic. People got over that, right? Everyone was sitting at home in their tracksuit pants, scrolling through social media. And they were like, I don't have a perfect life. I don't want to look at these perfect lives. I want real. So that bodes super well for all of us people who may not be so skilled in the creative department, because it means that as long as we are being true to ourselves and adding value to our audience, then the quality question is really debatable. So you can show up on your iPhone. Your iPhones these days shoot 4K video. It's like having an SLR camera in your hand. So you can actually get good enough quality for social media platforms on your phone. So you don't need to go out and buy any fancy equipment. Um, You can simply use your phone, simply put it there. You can put a filter over yourself if you're not feeling yourself today or you haven't put any makeup on or whatever, Um, but you don't actually need to overproduce anymore. Really, the quality element needs to be on how do you add value to your followers and your community and what is that transformation? So how do you get them from wherever they are to whatever transformation you want for them? Beautiful. I think that's very comforting to people who, <laughs> you know, because copywriters, not always, but by and large, just want to write. You know, they're totally. not that interested in being techie. Mm. I want to finish off with one last question because a lot of people who do listen to the podcast are marketing people. They're yeah. brand managers, they're marketing assistants, the CMOs mm. um, who, you know, moonlight as copywriters. Maybe just talk to us about how Scrunch can be a value to them. Yeah, what, absolutely. What's that, what's that process? Yeah. So essentially, if they were working for a brand, so if they were a marketer inside a brand and they wanted to start working with influencers and creators, then absolutely Scrunch is the place to shortcut finding them, but also to find out the best practices to making any campaign a success. But I love that you said that they were moonlighting as copywriters because that is actually what happens. A lot of people in brand and marketing roles actually kind of go, hang on a second, I could be that person. I could be that influencer because they've got all of those skills. So that's why it's really interesting. We made a decision earlier this year. A lot of influencer or creator platforms have two sides. You're either a brand or you're an influencer. And we decided this year to actually combine the two. So now it is one creator economy membership because we believe that people should understand the ins and outs of both sides. So brand marketers know how to work with creators, but they also know how to become creators or influencers if they want to have a side hustle as well. Okay, so let's just say I'm a brand manager with Frank Green. Like I've got my lovely... um, Love that. Yes, I love Frank Green. Can I tell you a funny story? Like my mum actually got this for Christmas and I, you know, usurped it because, you know, she doesn't need it. (laughs) 
I absolutely not. I do. Anyway, <laughs> I, I took it to, to the gym and I, I couldn't make it work. And oh, I'm sucking no. through it, sucking through it. I'm looking like a real idiot because I'm acting like I'm actually getting a drink, but I'm not getting any drink at all. <laughs> and I take it to my nieces who are all gorgeous, you know, 21-year-olds, and I say, how does this bottle work? And they said, mm. oh, you know the button? You just got to press it down so it clicks. But there was a little <laughs> extra click. I said, well, that's really not a good user experience because it wasn't obvious that I had to click. I'll just do this. Can you hear that? Just about, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, there's a tiny yeah. little click. Anyway, yeah. let's pretend I'm Frank Green real yeah. quick. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm a marketing manager for Frank Green. I want to find, let's say, a yoga lady mm-hmm. who's amazing at yoga and she. We, I want them to use my bottle in their yoga class. So how how do I find that person if I'm from the Frank Green organisation? Yeah, absolutely. So you would literally um, jump into the Scrunch platform. There's a free seven-day trial, so you can test it first. And it's like Google and or it's actually, you know what I liken it to is if you're shopping for clothes online, there's a beautiful filter section and they would just go, I want keyword yoga or Pilates or health and fitness. I would say I want them to be located in a particular region, whether that's Australia or somewhere else. I want them to have a certain follower range. So I literally jump in there and I punch in all of my details and just like Google would, um, the platform comes back with a whole bunch of different results with all of their metrics, their contact details and everything you need to know about them so you can reach out to the right people without having to reach out to a whole lot of other people first. You get all of the right people in one search. What a great service. So as a yoga lady, how do I get on your platform? So you can, so for um, creators and influencers, they can always join Scrunch and just list their profile for free. Okay, so that's not part of the membership. That's a separate. No, so you can actually do that, yeah, anytime you want. So if you do the free version, you just don't get any of the education. It's sort of a fairly one-sided listing to make sure you're discoverable, um, but you don't get boosted or content or templates or anything like that. Got it. So what at what point would the yoga lady go on? Like when is she ready to be listed? So we usually say um, around 1,000 followers is a good benchmark. Got it. All right, and one last question because this is such an interesting topic and you explain it so well. I know. We haven't even touched on all the other things that you do amazingly, right? You're speaking, your Spark programs, your your book. I mean, there's so much that you do, Um, not to mention EY Entrepreneur of the Year back in 2019. Was it 2019? Yeah. Yeah, amazing. What an amazing achievement. Thank Um, you. But let's just one last question, if I can remember what I was going to say, which is, oh, yes, what we talk about engagement, but what is engagement like? Is it about mm. that person's bought the product? Because there's engagement and there's numbers, right? So, are brands really interested in the numbers or they really want to know if someone's actually bought something? Yeah, it's a really good question because um, one of the challenges with influencer marketing is you can't see what results influencers have gotten for other brands that they've worked with. The only benchmark that a brand really has is engagement. So you can absolutely, as a brand, see how many followers someone has. You can absolutely go and deep dive in a platform like Scrunch and find out the demographic of their audience as well. Uh, But engagement is a really good metric to look at because it kind of tells you intention and it tells you how much followers actually care about what an influencer is posting about. So if you work with influencers that have an engagement rate that's within an acceptable benchmark, then you're kind of on the way to getting those potential sales. So, but it's a really good thing to point out. A lot of people don't realize that engagement on a platform, say like Instagram, is only about two or 3%. So the numbers aren't big. 
But if you're looking at an influencer and they get, you know, under 1% engagement, you might not actually want to work with them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Daniel, thank you so much. I mean, I think what you've, you've portrayed so beautifully is the, the big ecosystem. You can mm. start for free. You can do the pay program. You can join the membership. You can just list if you're a brand or you're a marketer, you can go on and find an amazing person to work with. So thank you for sharing that incredible knowledge with us. And what I think is so fascinating is this is an industry that's kind of new, even though it's kind of for you, it's probably old because you've been, you're one of the founders, you know, you're mm. kind of one of the the beginning, you know, kind of uh, see people who created this world in Australia anyway. So I think it's interesting to see where it's going to go and I can't wait to see what you get up to as well. So thank you for being on my podcast. Absolutely. You know me, I will talk about this any day you will let me. Uh, Absolute honour to be here. Thank you for letting me share my story. Thanks, Danielle. What I found so interesting about this topic is that you only need as little as a 1,000 followers to be considered an influencer. Maybe you're an influencer already and you don't even know it. Maybe it's worth registering your profile on platforms like Scrunch and see if anyone comes calling. It would be nice if your marketing could be done by someone else, wouldn't it? I don't know many people who like marketing themselves, so this could be the way to do it. If you want to find out how other copywriters market their business, join our community at copyclub.com.au. We know that the fastest way to find success is to have a team of people around you who hold you accountable. That's what Copy Club can do for you. It will give you the momentum you need to keep going while you're building your new copywriting career. And we have a raft of training resources that's going to help you market your business extremely effectively. You can find out more at copyclub.com com.au. In closing, as you know, I always have a dad joke. I like this one. Why do bees have sticky hair? Because they use a honeycomb. And for our inspirational quote of the day, this one is from the ever-reliable Jim Rohn. Learn how to be happy with what you have while you pursue all that you want. Well said, Jim. All the best and bye-bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Copywriter. You'll find the show notes at soyouwanttobeacopywriter.com.au or sign up for our awesome and often hilarious weekly newsletter at writerscentercomau slash news where you'll find writing resources, giveaways, competitions and much more. This podcast was brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre.